Okay. Welcome to EduTalk 876 first audio session. I am Dr. Annette Walker. I am Dr. Shawnee Hardware. I am Trevor Cole, Principal of St. Anthony Primary School right here in Jamaica. Awesome. So in addition to our co-creators, Dr. Harder and Mr. Trevor Cole, principal, we're pleased to welcome a very special guest this evening. She's our guest host, Dr. Grace Camille Monroe. Over to you. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for our beautiful opportunity to be here with you. Um, I'm currently working at Ryerson University in the capacity of manager for the um, Anti-Black Racism Initiative. Uh, at the at the at the institution, but I'm also a very proud daughter of the soil, the Jamaican soil, um, and I've you know a lot of my career, um, I guess, uh, shaping of my career and, and scholastic ambitions were grounded in Jamaica. So a lot of who I am now, I attribute to to the system. So thank you so much for uh, this opportunity to give back in this way, but also to share with you all um, this evening. Thank you. So here at EduTalk, our goal is to discuss topical issues that are impacting educational stakeholders, including our teachers, principals, students, among others. This evening, we'll be discussing the topic, exploring the opportunities and challenges with face-to-face learning. And so in our previous session, my co-host, we discussed with teachers, guidance counselors, psychologists, principals and students, the challenges that they have been experiencing in the education system. And so given the garment of emerging topics, we have decided to delve deeper this evening into some of the existing and emerging opportunities and challenges of face-to-face learning. I'm now going to turn it over to Dr. Hardware, who will be posing a question. And we're going to make this very fluid and organic. So stay with us this evening as we discuss this important topic. Okay, thank you very much, Dr. Walker. So as you alluded, given the garment of challenges in policies since the COVID-19 pandemic has um, started and the influx of resources to support schools, uh, speaking specifically to Jamaican schools um, in resuming face-to-face learning, more recently, the government has announced a $430 million allocation to schools to help them um, with their their back to school preparedness, Trevor Cole, um, Principal Trevor Cole, I'm, I was almost professing you mm-hmm. your doctorate, Principal <laughs> Trevor not? Cole. That's good. <laughs> That's good. As a practitioner in the space, do you think that the well being of teachers and students uh, will be improved with this allocation, um, and also? Um, the the uh, mandates around going uh, back to school, um, bearing in mind that in recent conversations with principals, guidance counselors, and even psychologists um, in this space, uh, they mentioned the need for safety at school, safety looking both at um, uh, both as uh, security from sexual predators as well as a place in which um, ch- children and even teachers can establish the sense of well-being and belonging. Um, and, and, and more recently in, 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 in situations around path and uh, comfort around food and availability of food. Uh, so uh, I know it's, uh, it was a lot of, of, of preambling. So let me 
um, rephrase the question. Uh, do you think that um, the well-being of teachers and students will be improved with this new allocation of funds, as well as measures um, um, mandated by the government? Uh, so thank you. And the short answer is we hope that it, it will. But um, while we um, accept the $430 million, um, it sounds a lot. Um, we have to understand that that is more to do with administrative uh, matters. So if we are to, to break down the $430 million and, and spread that across the education system in Jamaica and to share it for all the schools across the country, then we will have a better understanding of how it will be dispersed. But we welcome the financial support that um, the government of Jamaica is providing. And I'm sure that will help. Um, I do not personally believe that it um, is sufficient, but it will certainly help. Um, I have to also uh, use this opportunity to commend the government and uh, the Ministry of Education, because to be frank, um, since the onset of of the pandemic, we have seen effort, and where um, we see that effort is being made, we ought to, to commend. So we have seen effort through the Ministry of Education to support our teachers, to support school. But I still believe that more needs to be done in terms of the welfare of, of students and, and teachers. Mm -hmm. We have seen some, some, some initiatives that are geared towards uh, teachers' um, psychosocial um, um, benefits and, and their, 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 their mental health. Mm -hmm. And we applaud that. Um, we understand that the, the pandemic has hit really hard and teachers are in, in, impacted. Mm -hmm. Teachers are impacted. Teachers are human beings. They have their personal challenges as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have responsibilities and they have to carry out those responsibilities to take care of the nation's children. Mm -hmm. And if their well-being is, is not at a place where, where they are comfortable, then we can understand the impact that will have on, on the children. Mm -hmm. So we have seen some, some, some efforts. We have seen some initiatives. And at the local level, in terms of the schools, um, through our guidance department, um, efforts are also being put in place to support our teachers um, in terms of their, their, their well-being. Um, and, and social development. I think um, standardization would help in terms of these, these, these efforts. So while we may have um, some schools um, initiating um, some policies and programs that are more specific towards uh, mental health of students and staff, um, it may not be widespread right across the system. Mm -hmm. I think if, if greater collaboration is, is, is done um, with schools that may not be as well resourced, um, may not have the expertise, then I think more of our teachers can, can benefit from some of these efforts. Yes. So, Sorry. yes, the $430 million has been allocated, but I personally do not believe that it is it is. Uh, targeted towards, um, um, you know, mental mental health 
or the social well-being of our of our of our teachers. Um, it is more of an administrative allocation in terms of furniture, ensuring that um, facing the 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 materials um, are are procured. Um, things that you need, for example, sanitizers, um, if you need extra thermometers, um, those administrative things that would be required mm -hmm. to have those in place to ensure that students and staff are safe as they return on March on March 7th. Mm -hmm. um, over the period, yes, um, we have heard reports of um, students being severely impacted because um, parents have to go to work and the students are unattended at home. At the primary level where I am at, we have not received many reports of abuse or so, mm -hmm. um, but I do hear of cases where this is happening mm -hmm. um, and it is unfortunate. And uh, we do understand and know that our schools serve as a, as a safe space for our children. Um, children like to, to, to be at school. They feel comfortable. They feel happy. Mm -hmm. And I have personally seen that um, for the past couple of weeks that they have been in the space. I see their, their faces, how happy they are moving around, interacting with their peers and, and laughing. Um, it, is, it was just a joy seeing them back into the, into the physical space. Mm -hmm. So um, we are looking forward to... to, to full resumption on March 7th and um, we will continue to try to support our students and staff mentally and otherwise. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Go ahead. So Trevor, you mentioned that the 430 million was yes. being, um, has been allocated across the system. My right. question is, um, what criteria is being used to determine how it is allocated? Um, again, primary, basic, primary, secondary. Do you, do you have any idea of how, how that, that is being apportioned? Yeah, well, it, it's a part of our regular um, grant. Um, mm. the schools are given um, tranches. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we receive four tranches each year. And so what would happen is that um, it is spread um, across the, the, the year. And I think what we are getting is uh, early, early dis disbursement mm -hmm. of, the, of, of the grant. So it is, it is just an early release of the resources that we would normally receive. Um, there may be a top up of it, um, but the general criteria is that it is per, per capita. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, a school at a primary level with a population of, say, a thousand, um, there is a, a percentage, um, I think it's 2,500 per student that you will get um, from the government of Jamaica. Mm. What, what do you think might be, is, the, is a shortfall of, of this approach? You mentioned the word of it being targeted. Can you speak some more about that? Do you think that this is the best approach? that the government is using um, to, to get needed funding or resources to the schools? Um, I'm not sure what, 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 how they, they organize their resources, um, but I know that it is per capita. Um, 
that they disperse the resources to the primary schools. So um, the more students you have at the primary level, it is the more resources that you 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 would you would you would get. Um, but in terms of the allocation, um, it is still per student um, that you would be receiving. Um, the the high school it is a little bit different around this time because there are some requests that uh, the high schools can make. For example. The high schools um, are permitted this time around to purchase furniture mm -hmm. um, throughout the, the pandemic. And I just want to state this. Throughout the pandemic, um, we had uh, termite issues and a lot of the furniture that we had were destroyed. Um, so schools are putting in requests for furniture. The high schools are going to be given um, some resources to procure furniture. The primary schools have to write to the ministry to ask for, for furniture. So there is going to be an additional amount of resources that the, 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 the high schools will be getting to procure uh, furniture, but the primary schools will have to ask the ministry for, for furniture. But I'm not sure of the specific uh, formula that they use to provide the the financial resources to the to the schools in general. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you so much for that answer. But um, if I may, Trevor, you know, when I think about all of this, and I, and I know you're in the system, and I know, you know, so I'm going to keep it. But when I think about, when I think about what is happening um, now, I'm wondering, did the ministry even take the time to perhaps do a survey to ask all the schools, you know, about what are their needs and when they think about even even with some of the concerns being expressed publicly you know about students well-being and teachers and principals etc because we we know that this is a global issue did the ministry send out a survey to ask different principals or school leaders etc or even teachers too but primarily you as a principal and other principals about what are some of the needs and where do you think this money would go? You know, what is your budget and et cetera, et cetera. And thinking also about your student population, your teacher population. And you are also um, right. at a school where there is a shift system. Can you just speak on that briefly? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a requirement, administrative requirement for us to do a, an annual budget. Mm -hmm. So we have to do uh, a budget and that has to be submitted. Um, but as you go along, you realize that you have to refine your budget based on the things that are happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, you also have to make adjustments as you go along. And uh, the truth is that there are emergencies. There are things that, that come up from time to time that uh, you may not be able to take care of with the resources that you have. And so what you have to do is to make these requests known to the ministry. Um, case in point, um, at, at St. Asbury Primary last year, I had to write to the ministry because one of our buildings um, had a structural problem. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the ceiling was actually falling down. And so that was an emergency. 
um, we had to take that building out of commission. That building accommodates over 200 children. Wow. So the ministry has that report and we are waiting for the minister to respond to that. So they, did res- so they haven't responded yet? So, so they have that report and we are waiting for them to respond in terms of work to be done. <laughs> um, so there's a process. There's a process that um, it has to go through, whether it's through mm-hmm. tendering and so forth for some work uh, to be done. So the school itself doesn't have the resources at hand where we could identify contractors and to, to get the work done. So there are things that come up from time to time that we have to seek support for. Mm-hmm. But whatever the needs are that we are unable to, to do internally, mm-hmm. we make those requests known to the ministry and we await for them to respond, which we have been doing over the years. That has been the standard operating procedure for us um, for, for over the years. All right. All right, so over to you now, Trevor. Thank you so much for those answers. All right. So last month, um, the, our Prime Minister, um, Andrew Holness, announced that schools are going to be reopened after the long two-year uh, disruption on March Seven. Um, with this, there is an expectation that psychosocial sessions be timetabled for students and staff. My question is, what are your recommendations for what these psychosession, psychosocial sessions should include? And I'm posing this question to Dr. Monroe. <laughs> Are you there? Unmute. I'm very much here. However, okay. yes. <laughs> um, in terms of the psychosocial support though, it's it's not an area that I'm that I'm quite familiar with, uh, except to say that it's an it's obviously an important part of the teaching and learning process. Um, to engage our students around how best to be supported in terms of that process. I think, though, that the, the question would be better uh, answered by my colleague, um, Dr. Hardware. So, um, Dr. Okay. Hardware, can you provide provide us with some, some more detail? I guess I do know that this is your area of expertise. Okay. Uh, Dr. Monroe, thank you very much. Um, so yes, I, I think we need, um, deliberate psychosocial sessions, um, throughout the Jamaican school curriculum, um, and other psychosocial approaches, um, in society at large. And I think, um, without getting into much details about that, that will help to ameliorate, um, well, ameliorate, right? Some of the, the, the social issues that we're, we're seeing. Uh, but this is a good step, um, even though it's a reactive step to some of the mental health concerns um, that were exacerbated by the COVID-19, because we know they were already there, mm-hmm. uh, but it took COVID-19, COVID-19 for us to be talking about them a lot more. 
Mm-hmm. Um, my recommendation would be to embed um, group-based activities daily in, um, in, in, in the curriculum. So similar to how we would have our morning devotions, um, have um, an activity uh, with the students in which we can, um, an easy way to do this is if we're having general assembly, we have um, discussions with students around uh, topical issues and get their perspective. I know um, being a former teacher for a very short time uh, that the form, um, the form teachers um, also play a very important role in delivering um, these psychosocial lessons. So I, I remember having conversation with my groups, my group of boys, if there was one girl in that nine grade class uh, when I taught. Um, and then you can allow the form teachers to lead a lot of um, these activities. I also think that um, in more of a systematic way, then we can use even during PE sessions, use those as a way of um, speaking about issues, um, especially when we know activities will be triggering uh, for children. So have guidance counselors there or teachers there who can help to, to discuss a lot of the, the issues and the conflict rather than just um, quelling them, which is good, but using them as, as teachable moments um, and mm-hmm. say, you know, use them as life lessons. Uh, because I, I think one of the things that will be effective, um, especially given our space and the, the urgency for a lot of these things is um, helping them to mimic real life situations. So what happens if you're standing at a bus stop, you know, had somebody take your space in the line or push you out of the line? Um, or, you know, even if you're at uh, a canteen or those type of stuff, have those type of conversation with the children. Or if someone says something to you, um, you know, that you really don't like, you know, the big thing in Jamaica is about, you know, the man, I disrespect me, man. And we don't want, that is like our trigger. How dare you? you yeah, this me, you know, and every almost unfortunately now, so many things are read as this is, right? Um, and so we have to debunk that. Like, how do we build up um, the confidence in our people um, and in our society around, um, you know, not necessarily paying attention to that. So we are assertive, but not aggressive. Or we are, um, we're, we're outspoken and we protect ourselves. We defend ourselves when, when it's necessary without... Um, leading to unnecessary violence. Um, so uh, posing some of these scenarios, a large group conversation, but also using the activities that they, they do, but ensuring, ensuring that it's deliberate. So I would say um, daily conversations, um, maybe a one question, um, and um, also weekly activities that students can do together as a, as a, as a class, and then using even some of those sports day activity um, if they're still having sports day um, yearly to, 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 to do more social activities. So the egg and the spoon and the um, hula hoop um, activities, those are really great for teaching teamwork. Um, you can great. blindfold, but blindfold um, people to ask them to, to pin the tail on the donkey, even those old time stuff, right? And integrate those into in the PE classes, um, not sports day. Um, to build that teamwork and, and, and relationship building uh, right there. But the important thing is that it needs to be consistent. Um, one of the, uh, I was doing a, a training and one of the 
uh, one of the um, professors mentioned this family style that she uses in her class. And I would want to adopt to that too. She does social work. So she will pose a question and then ask each person to comment. For example, it could be as simple as what did we learn last week? Um, and she says family style. And then one person comment, but not allowing people, um, unlike what I'm doing now, to dominate the conversation. <laughs> um, so one person give a point and she's like, remember, it's family style. So another pe- person picks up. And what she said she has noticed is that um, her class feels more gel and it's mm-hmm. easier to do group work. So if we could even have some of those family style conversation, like um, you won't start off with saying, what triggers you? You know, what's your deepest fear? But you could say, start off a general conversation, like what do you do for fun? You know, and, you know, and, and explore those type of stuff. So keeping the family style in mind, I want to do a follow up with that, um, Dr. Hardware. Moving forward, I'm just going to say Shawnee, and I'm just going to say, <laughs> no, Annette, I worked hard for this. <laughs> Don't try this bit of the space. <laughs> all right, all right. So I'm just kidding. I know. So I'm just, I'm just wondering though. Um, do given that you know when we think about student-teacher ratio and the small space, when you're thinking about some of these ideas within the Jamaican context, like are these do you think that most of these activities will be applicable or do you see where perhaps teachers will have to be a little bit more innovative mm-hmm. and bearing in mind that we have structured timetable, et cetera. So what about the teacher who perhaps have, has um, 35 students in the classroom, single decks, as we know, and there isn't enough space to do Dual that. benches. Pardon? Dual benches. Dual benches. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Those benches that are attached. What's, yeah, what's, one, what's dual benches, Trevor? One that accommodates two students. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not for, four. For audience. Well, you know, we are at EduTalk here, we, we are academically smart, but sometimes we just don't remember these things, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so, so, Dr. Hardware, I, I, think, I think I just wanted to delve a little bit deeper. Just, uh, you know, just a few points, perhaps. What about the teacher who who um, has 35 students and she's the only one? And also we have to take into consideration that recently the, 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 um, the ministry has allocated or has um, redeployed, or I should say deploy an assistant teacher to the classroom. Is that correct, um, Trevor? Uh, Classes have... I'm, I'm going to direct the question to Shoshani, but do all classes have uh, an assistant teacher now? No, no, um, no. That's, okay. No, that facility is not yet in, in place. Okay. All right. So back to you now, Dr. Hardware or Shoni. Go ahead. Well, I, I, that's a very important point to make about uh, student-teacher um, ratio, mm-hmm. um, especially in the Jamaican context. I know one of the things that worked um, uh, fairly well when I when I was a, a student years ago was um, peer mentors, right? Having peer mentors, uh, these students who were trained around similar issues. I was a peer mentor from grade nine, um, or having class prefects, um, even in 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 um, primary school. I, I remember being a, a prefect or a monitor or something like that. Um, so we can actually train students who can help 
um, in these type of, um, um, you know, work that needs to be done. But also there, there are uh, bodies of, of, of people we can train to, we can train parents um, and, and given their social context that they can serve in, in the schools, understanding um, the socioeconomic and demographics in Jamaica might not always be possible. Um, we have community leaders who can come and, and, and deliver a lot of these sessions. Um, perhaps retired teachers who can, who can assist um, if it's structured enough. But I think we can, we can use the resources that we have, which are our students who we can train to help, not necessarily to de-escalate, but to lead a lot of these examples as, as well as to be um, role models, right? And then seek volunteers uh, where possible um, in, in, in assisting in this effort. If I may as, as, one second. And a lot of, we need a lot of functioning youth uh, clubs because I, I remember mm-hmm. grade nine, I was um, a part of this youth group and I, I owe a lot of my exposure to them. It was called Youth Advocacy Movement. Um, and that youth or, and that youth group took me all over Jamaica. Um, the uh, the culminating event what for me was um, a regional camp where people mm-hmm. where people from different um, uh, small islands came to to Jamaica. We had a week of camp. We mm-hmm. went to Negril for free and all these uh, these free things, you know, which I love. Um, but having opportunities like those, functioning social groups in the schools to help with those activities. Uh, Grace, I, um, Grace, I mean, I saw your hand up and then Trevor. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's important for us to also contextualize um, uh, Dr. Dr. Hardware, why psychosocial, why, why I focus on psychosocial, um, the psychosocial aspect of our, of our students mm-hmm. is very important. So if you could provide us with that, well, first of all, what is it? It's a big word, nice big word, psychosocial. What is it and why is it important? So that's, 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 that's part B of the question. And finally, what does it look like in an early childhood institution? What would that look like? Yes. Thank you for that. Go ahead, Dr. Ardrey. I think Trevor had a comment before that. Right. Right. So I was saying the, 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 the guidance counselors are actually trained for the to, to deliver some of these um, programs. Mm-hmm. The, the unfortunate thing is that not all um, primary schools have guidance counselors. Mm. And, and, and this is where we, we talk about standards because for a primary school to have a guidance counselor, you have to have um, a student population of 500 students, right? Um, but the guidance counselors can organize sessions and programs to, to facilitate um, these kind of uh, sessions that Shawnee, Shawnee is, 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 is talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, um, some of these uh, programs or activities can be integrated in lessons by the teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, so the teachers can also uh, facilitate and, and incorporate some of these activities uh, in the lessons. Um, because I hear uh, Shawnee talking about the, the hula hoop and the, the, the games and so forth. These are done and, and these can be done through physical education and sports and games. 
mm-hmm. minor games, taking the children on the outside, um, having playtime, circle time. So they can be organized um, through class um, activities. Um, and as she also uh, mentioned, how they are organized and can be facilitated. So it's how things are structured. Mm-hmm. But I believe that integration is an important part. And if we can get some standardization right across the system, then we can see some 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 in, impactful change. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, also the creation of uh, maybe like a psychosocial manual, um, uh, you know, which could be issued to, to, to teachers as a know-how or for less resorts um, institutions. I remember um, when I was working at the Child Development Institute, I created um, a relationship building um, curriculum, right? Or some lesson plans that, that the tutors, because they were planning to, implement this project that I, I developed um, nationally in their organizations. Uh, so that uh, teach, uh, the tutors um, and the educators could easily pull from, from them and not be, um, be stretched. So you're right, these are, these are simple activities that can be implemented. But going back to your question, um, Grace Camille, um, how do I define psychosocial? Um, so psychosocial is, um, mixing of uh, the psychological uh, so around mental um, development and well-being and the social um, you know well-being so around having um, functioning well in 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 uh, social groups and as it relates to this the, the cycle it's having the self-regulation skills um, that that help you to know how to function in these social groups even when um, situations are not favorable to you. So you might be in a situation where you're triggered or you're not having your own way or somebody hits you with a ball, somebody steps on your toe. Um, So your good psychosocial skills help you to navigate these these issues without erupting like a volcano, as I would tell my younger students, right? And I always tell my students that it's okay to be angry. The, The key thing is not to erupt like a volcano. So they... They, they know that they can say, I'm upset about this, but I'm not going to react or I'm going to use a different method to, to, to react where it's not as, um, where it's not as explosive. Um, and, um, it's important for, for our children, um, and, and, and people at large to have these good psychosocial skills because it helps us to navigate, um, society and social, um, settings. Uh, fairly successful in a sense where, um, as as um, and it would say it's a win-win situation, right? So if if I'm if if I'm in a group of um, people or with my friends and I feel as if you know they're not being particularly kind to me, um, then having self-regulation skills, I don't automatically punch them in the face. Right. I can be assertive and say, I don't like that. I can walk away. Um, but it means that I'm not resorting to, to anger and violence right away in a way to deal with that. My so- psychosocial skills will help me to, to calm down and try my best to de-escalate. It doesn't, you know, we're human beings. It doesn't always work in, in, in every context, but at least it helps, helps us to, to really think. Um, and that's where that cognitive behavior, uh, behavioral um, 
um, theory comes in where we're thinking that we're our thinking brain and our feeling brain uh, comes together um, and we're not reacting um, in, in negatively to, to all circumstances, right? Um, and I, I, it's, it's very important um, to focus on this, um, as per your question, Grace Camille, from early childhood. Uh, so looking at um, ages uh, three, um, what we would classify as, as, as basic school or preschools, um, because during that time, before age five, and some research, research says um, age seven, uh, children's brains are, are developing at a rapid stage, right? So I think the research will say by, by age five, 90% of the children's brain um, uh, would be fully developed. So it's important then for us to teach our students these self-regulation skills so it becomes a part of their psyche. It doesn't mean that they cannot learn it after. It's, it, it would require a lot of de-learning and unlearning um, if, they're la- if, they're, if they're older um, to help. And this is where serious intervention will be needed if it's done at a later stage versus if it's done earlier, it's just teaching them how to operate mm-hmm. uh, because they're learning through their environment and social interaction. But if it gets to a stage... Um, for example, um, the program that I work with, we worked with grade, grades one, so six-year-old to 12-year-old. But these students required intervention because their psychosocial skills, um, mm-hmm. you know, were, were at their feeling and thinking brain were necessarily working in sync. Mm-hmm. So I think the earlier we can introduce these skills to students, um, the better. And some people might um, also refer to them as pro-social skills, teaching students pro-social skills um, rather than anti-social skills. So those are all lumped in uh, into the conversation or relationship building skills, um, interpersonal skills in the mm-hmm. conversation around psychosocial. Thank you for, for that. So I guess we're talking, um, again, I guess enmeshing the whole notion around emotional intelligence. But I just want to add quickly that, you know, in our other live sessions that we had, we remember some of our principals that they were talking about, just the imperative of having additional guidance counselors and um, resource persons, particularly if we're going to resume face-to-face learning, right? And we know already that we only have one um, guidance counselor per school in many instances, I guess, depending on the population. But so far, we, based on the principals that we have talked to here at EduTalk, only a few schools have... I want to thank you, thank our audience for listening tonight. As uh, Principal Cole said, Trevor Cole said, his primary takeaway is the resilience of having to work within this time as a practitioner in Jamaica. So thank you all for listening in this evening. We know that, um, you know, we couldn't do it without you. We do have some more interesting topics coming your way. We're trying to ensure that our audio moving forward will be uh, looking at some current issues and having conversations like these about them. So remember that you can find us on different social media platforms, including our Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Please remember to follow us there, Instagram as well, and please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you once again. Or we're moving forward. We're going to call you our EduTalk 876 family. It was a pleasure having you here with us. Stay good. Or would we say in Jamaica, walk good. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye.